Would you bow your heads in prayer? Gracious Father, risen Lord, Holy Spirit, speak your word to us this morning. And grant that our hearts would be filled with hope, with joy, with faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Daddy, Daddy opened his eyes. He looked at his alarm clock. It was 3.44 in the morning. Yeah, Billy, I need to go to the bathroom. Thanks for the update. Go. Now, Billy was four years old at the time. And the one bathroom in their house was the other end of, the, of a very long, dark hallway that to a four-year-old looked five miles long. And there were lots of doorways from which monsters could jump out, eat him for a little snack. Daddy, he said again, yeah, Billy, please come with me. Thanks for the invitation, but for some reason I'm a bit tired right now. You go ahead, I'll be with you in spirit. Shuffle, shuffle, stop, shuffle back. Daddy? Yes, Billy. I need someone with their skin on. See, Billy knew that long, dark hallways are not covered by a promise. I'll be with you in spirit. He knew that wasn't enough. He needed a strong hand with him. He needed a tender heart, loving and taking care of him. Billy needed someone with skin on. Job knows about long, dark Always. Even as he says the words of our text for today, he's sitting on an ash heap. His head is shaved. There are sores all over his body. His ten children were killed in a tornado. Most of his possessions were stolen and his servants killed by raiding bands from neighboring countries. The rest was finished off by lightning. The Bible tells us that at one time, Job had been the greatest man in the East. Now he was a pitiful, ghastly sight, scraping his sores with a piece of broken pottery. Any number of monsters had jumped out and chewed Job up for a late night snack. On this day of days, on the day of resurrection, we wrap up our sermon series on Job. And our text is from Job 19. I know that my Redeemer lives. 
that in the end he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I want you to note, Job didn't speak those words after his suffering. He didn't speak those words when everything was better. He spoke them sitting on the ash heap. What does that mean? It means we aren't insulated from life's tragedies, but neither are we intimidated by them. It means we have someone to walk with us down life's long, dark hallways, and he's got skin on. When you read Job, know that this is the Mount Everest of Job. I know that my Redeemer lives. We begin with the first two words. I know. Job is living in the worst possible nightmare. He tells us in chapter 3, what I feared has come upon me, what I dreaded has happened to me. Even so, he doesn't say, well, I, I, I kind of think this is true, or I'd sure like it if this was the case, or wouldn't it be nice if no, even though Job has been severely assaulted, he is not defeated, though he has lost much that was valuable to him, he has not lost that which is most precious. Although he is down, Job is not out. Job dares to believe. I know, he said. Now, there were things he didn't know. He didn't know why all these bad things had happened to him. There are things you don't know. You don't know why you had to bury your loved husband or wife when you did. We don't know why your son or daughter turned against you and won't talk to you. We don't know why we lost that job. We don't know why we got sick. We don't know why our parents emotionally abandoned us. Whatever it is. And many times, like Job, we don't know why God is doing the things He's doing. But instead, in living in a whimpering sadness and letting the monsters consume us, we dare to say with Job, I know. I know what? I know my Redeemer. Job doesn't say his Redeemer or her Redeemer, their Redeemer, or your Redeemer. No, Job's confession is personal and particular. It's intimate and individual. It's my Redeemer. To understand this, you've got to know what a Redeemer was in the Old Testament. A Redeemer was a close relative whose basic job was to look after the welfare of the family. If someone got in trouble, 
It was the Redeemer's job to get them out of trouble, to fix things. It was, let's say, for instance, if someone has fallen into debt and sold himself into slavery to pay that debt, it was the Redeemer's job to buy him back and set him free. If a piece of property had to be sold to pay that debt, it was the Redeemer's job to make sure that the title to that property remained in the possession of the family. If a member of the family was hurt or killed, the Redeemer would pursue all legal options and collect the damages assessed against the offender. Whatever goes bad in your life, your Redeemer will make good. Hear that again. Whatever goes bad in your life, your Redeemer will make good. Whatever is broken, He will mend. Whatever is sick will be healed. Whatever is lost, He will restore. Whatever is dead, He makes alive. We have such a Redeemer. And His name is Jesus. Jesus is not some mystical, abstract idea. He is a strong hand guiding us, a loving heart going with us when we're faced with the long, dark hallways of life. Jesus, as our Redeemer, comes not just to see that justice is done, but also that mercy is given. He bears whatever needs to be borne. He carries whatever needs to be carried in order that your wrongs and mine could be righted. When a sentence needed to be served, He served it. When a debt needed to be paid, He paid it with His blood. He did whatever it took to set us free, even when it meant giving His life for us. Jesus forgives my guilt and yours. He destroys your grave. And He did it with skin on. Skin that felt the Roman whip in a place called Gabbatha. Skin that burned under the hot Palestinian son as he carried his cross on the Via Della Rosa. Skin that felt the thorns on his brow and the nails driven through his hands and feet into the cross. Skin and muscles and nerves that for six long hours bled on the cross. He hung there alone in a long, dark hallway called Golgotha. And you can bet there were monsters. Roman soldiers to beat him. Scribes and Pharisees to mock him. Satan himself stalking him. Take aim. Shot straight and killed him. 
But then three days later, this cry rocked the world. I know that my Redeemer lives. And that's why even covered with sores, sitting on an ash heap in the midst of his trial, Job could say with confidence, and after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. Even then Job had hope. And folks, because Jesus lives even in grief, even at our lowest moments in life, you and I still have hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. We know. Because that first Easter, The angels met the women at the tomb. He's not here. He is risen. We know because John outran Peter to the tomb and they found the tomb empty. We know because Mary sat outside the tomb crying. Jesus came up behind her. Mary. She turned around. She fell at his feet. She grabbed a hold of him. Rabbi! We know because the Emmaus disciples recognized Jesus in the breaking of bread. We know because that night with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said. We know because the next week Jesus showed his hands inside to Thomas and he said, stop doubting and believe. And Thomas cried out, my Lord and my God, death was dead. The grave is defeated. The free gift of eternal life is absolutely all yours forever and ever and ever. See, they didn't see a phantom that morning. It wasn't an hallucination. It isn't a nice idea. They saw Jesus. They didn't stand around saying to one another like we do at funerals, well, you know, he'll live on in my heart. Nothing like that. Jesus stood in front of them. He was, in fact, really alive. And he still is today. There's a word that explains what it all means. Grace. Grace means God loves you even though you don't deserve it. Grace means that God forgives even our worst sins. Grace is that gift that frees you to be the person God wants you to be. Grace is the promise that on days when we can barely cope with life, we still Believe that God is working for our good. Grace assures us that Jesus has paid all our debts. It frees us from slavery. It heals our brokenness. Grace means that whatever your long, dark hallway involves, no matter what monsters threaten you, Jesus walks with you. And He has skin on. Job didn't have hope 
because he understood what was happening to him. He didn't. Job had hope because he knew the same God you know. He believed in the same God that you're here to celebrate today. He knew because of the truth we just sang. He lives all glory to His name. He lives my Jesus still the same. Oh, the sweet joy this sentence gives. I know that my Redeemer lives. I count it the greatest privilege of my life to be able to tell people that. For 38 years, to end my sermon on Easter Sunday the same way. He is risen! He is risen indeed! Alleluia! A blessed Easter to you all! Amen.